Hi, everyone. Welcome to the new Grief and Rebirth podcast, Rebirth Series, where I will be chatting with special, inspiring people who have grieved, met their challenges, chosen to heal, and have experienced the blessing of rebirth. This new Rebirth Series is inspired by a comment from my son made while I was on my healing journey after my precious husband died next to me in a tragic car accident. Mom, he said, there has been nothing worse than seeing you in total despair and nothing better than seeing you able to have joy again. From my heart, I wish this for each of you. Be sure to give a listen. Hey, everyone. I am so excited. This is Irene from Grief and Rebirth Podcast, and I am looking at an absolutely beautiful woman named Kimberly Rolls, who is from Rhode Island, and she has quite a rebirth story to share with all of us. This is Kimberly is actually the second person I'm interviewing in our rebirth series, which is about people just like you and me who have really been through it and healed and turned their lives around, which is such an inspiration for all of us. So Kimberly is from Rhode Island. I'm talking to you all from my place in New Jersey. And I am really thrilled for this blessing to talk with Kim today. So Kim, whatever you'd like to say to introduce yourself and tell us about your life before your tough time and then what happened to you. I mean, thank you for having me, first of all, and, and thank you to your listeners um, for listening. Um, I I am, like I said, I, I, you know, was going to reach out to you a year ago when I first heard about your podcast, and I've been listening to your podcast for the, for the last year, and I just felt like the timing was right. The angels or, you know, the powers that be were calling me to tell my story now, um, and what started for me was I had, you know, what I thought was I just grew up in a normal family, mother, father, I had a brother and sisters. Um, I became pregnant as a teenager and did not find out that I was pregnant until I was five and a half months pregnant. I, yeah. So I was 15. Um, I was going to my pediatrician. I didn't have a gynecologist and they told me that I had a stomach virus. I do not know. I know it sounds like totally absurd. I know we hear these stories all the time, but I, I don't know how <laughs> the father, it's a, it's a bizarre story. I mean, I'm not saying I'm Mary Magdalene, but this boy was meant to be born. Um, eventually, obviously I found out I was pregnant and um, he definitely was meant to be born. So that was, um, that was the beginning of, you know, the rest of my life. Well, I mean, here you are in the middle of high school. Yeah. So a junior in high school, I had him, um, my junior year, my, I was lucky enough to be actually tutored the rest of my junior year when I went back to school. So this is, this is where I look back now, not realizing then how the universe had my back. But, um, when I went back to school, my senior year of high school, we had like this annex building that was a weight room. And over the summer, they turned this weight room into a daycare. Wow. For I didn't know any other girls were pregnant in my school, but I guess there were like maybe two other girls that were pregnant. And I was able to bring my son to my my whole senior year. I brought him to school with me. So I didn't need to pay for daycare. I 
was able to finish high school. I graduated with all my classmates. Um, I got to see my son take his first steps. You know, they would call me out of class if anything was wrong. It was crazy. Okay, I have goosebumps even just thinking about it because in the moment I did, I was not aware of anything, anything like this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, wow, like this is cool. This is lucky for me, you know? Um, and I went to church. I believed in heaven and hell, God and the devil and um, got a job, went to school nights, uh, took care of my son. They weren't, they didn't have like the benefits that are available now for, you know, single parents or low income parents. And I was blessed that although we were so religious, my mom was very religious that um, they helped me take care of my son. They, they didn't, you know, exile me from my family or the house or anything. You're lucky they were very loving and supportive of you. They very (laughs) brother and sisters. They, you know, they were aunts and uncles, but they kind of were, they were younger. I was the oldest. So they grew up kind of like brothers and sisters to my son as well. And, and still are all very, very close, you know? Um, so I worked, I worked my butt off, you know, I worked days full time because I needed medical benefits because even though I was still on my parents, because I was under 18, my son didn't have medical benefits. So I needed a job with medical benefits. So after high school, I worked full time and I went to school college nights to get my degree. I got my degree in accounting. I got to stop you right there. That's an admirable as it is. I mean, here you had this little boy and you were going through all this and you went and got your degree. Good for you. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, so I guess, you know, I'll probably circle back to this later, but you, you know, here I am 17 years old, 18 years old. I had a plan in my head that I was going to college and to be totally honest with you, I, I wanted to go to Miami and be a dolphin trainer. Like I, I didn't really, really, really know what I wanted to do, but now I'm thrown into a situation where I needed money. I needed a place to live. I needed benefits. And the only thing, I mean, I'm good at numbers, you know, so it was the natural thing for me to do to make money was I, I got my first job at a bank. And, and I, like I said, I went to school nights and, um, and that kind of went on and, you know, it took me more than four years because I was, you know, traveling back and forth. And, and I look back now and I'm like, how the hell did I do this? <laughs> like, I, I was like living my life working, you know, part-time job, full-time job, going to school, getting up, feeding him. To, you know, did you do? And now I'm like exhausted all the time. I'm like, how did I do this then? You I, were really young too. I was young, and I just had the right angels and guides and people looking after me and looking after him. In hindsight, you know, what's his name, by the way, Kim? Hmm? What's his name? What's your son's his name? name? Okay, so crazy story. Another crazy story. Like, there's gonna be a lot of crazy stories. I'll keep them brief. I did not have a name for him because I was certain I was having a girl. In my mind, there was not even a doubt in my mind that I was having a girl and her name was going to be Laura. And I don't know why, but um, so even to the point where when Michael was born, the doc, the doctor that delivered him looked at his nose and said, wow, with a nose like that, this has to be a girl. So I'm like, yeah, you know, oh my God. And he's like, oh no, it's a boy. And I'm like, for a second, (laughs) I'm so happy that he was like, he was a 10. He was beautiful. And but I did not name him until the day that I left the hospital. I didn't, ha- I didn't know. And I ended up naming him Michael after the Archangel Michael. So his name is Michael, named after the Archangel, which would just play into everything else that came into my life. Another blessing. Crazy, right? So, you know, on we went with our lives. I'm not going to go through my whole life story since I was 16, but um, it was a tough probably another 16. So he, I don't know, another flash forward to 20. He's about 20 now. 
And we had just gone through our lives. He had gone, you know, to school. He graduated. Um, super, super smart kid. Um, I was still, I was just a normal, like, person going through life in this 3D matrix world, not knowing anything else, going to school, going to church, taking care of my son, doing the things that you do in life, still wondering when I'm going to meet. I didn't have like a real boyfriend. The father left when Michael was four months old um, to, you know, he, he was a year older than me and he went to college, he got his master's. So I was kind of like a single, single mom. I moved out of my parents' house. Uh, you know, when Michael was in elementary school and um, had to work and pay bills and take care of him and do what I had to do. And um, then my mom, uh, gosh, I was in my thirties. So Michael would have been half of my age. So Michael would have been a teenager. My, my mom was diagnosed with um, adult onset diabetes. And so she had never taken insulin. She never, um, was taking precautionary measures because she knew she had it. So she was didn't have the best diet in the world and she knew it. And then once she found out she had it, she did what she had to do. Uh, she did end up, you know, doing the blood testing, doing insulin, but it came on kind of fast and she passed a lot quicker than we all thought. We thought we had a lot more time. Um, I was in, like I said, I was in my thirties. My son had just turned 21 when she passed and we weren't living with her. And, you know, the night my mom, what happened the weekend my mom died, um, I was on a ski trip with my friend and I hadn't taken a, a ton of vacation times, like people my age, my friends actually were all like getting married now and having their own kids. I was still single taking care of Michael, dating here and there, but I gone on a, a ski trip with a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, and because I hadn't done anything. and. Um, you know, I left that weekend and my mom called me and, and she got, she got in the end, she was wheelchair bound. She, she was having kidney issues and she was on dialysis and it was, I'll be honest with you. I feel horrible. I felt horrible then. Now I know all these things are just the way they are meant to happen. But, um, for people going through something like this, you have, I know it's horrible in the time, but then you understand this is just all part of the plan. Um, she, it got very, she got very needy and I was having to spend a lot of time and I really didn't have a life, which is part of the reason I didn't have a boyfriend. And, um, I went away that weekend. She called me and I was like, give me a break inside my head. Give me a break. I'm like, it's my mother. She's calling. It's my mom. You can't, I just have like a weekend away, you know? And I was pretending that I had a bad connection because I was in another state. And I'm like, you know, I can't hear you. She's like, I'll, I'll call you. And she's like, well, stay safe. Make sure you call me as soon as you get home. And I'm like, I will. Okay. I love you. Bye. Whatever. Last words I ever had with my mom. So oh. I came home that Sunday night. And instead of just calling her to let her know that I was home, I took my time. I took a shower, did what I had to do, got in bed. It was probably around 11 o'clock at night. And I called my mom to let her know that I was home, even though I had been home for a few hours and she didn't answer the phone. Now my mom had a house phone downstairs and because her eyes were going because of the diabetes and whatnot, um, she, she had a phone that spoke to her. So it would say, call from Kimberly, call from, so she would know who was calling if she couldn't see the number and she would know to pick it up. So I know she knew it was me calling and she always, I mean, that woman was always on the phone. She would answer the phone. My dad, 
she couldn't get up the stairs. She couldn't sleep in bed. So she was kind of sleeping in a lift chair at night. And she was just like, you know, reclining back. My dad had his cell phone upstairs in bed at nighttime. So if she needed him, she would call his cell. So the phone rang. She didn't answer. And with all my heart, I wanted to call my dad's cell and say, hey, I just called mom. It's very odd. She didn't answer. Maybe you should go downstairs and check on her. And I didn't. And um, the next morning, the phone rang and my son actually took the call and he came up and it was early. It was like 7, 730 in the morning. And and he came upstairs and he's like, mom, it's you got to take this call. It's it's you know, it was my brother. It was Brian. You need to take this call. It's Nana. It's Nana. And I'm like, what? what?" You know, and I'm just thinking, you know, she had to she had been in and out of, you know, rehab and nursing homes. And and I'm and I and. They said, you need to come here now. And I'm like, what's the matter? And they don't want to tell me over the phone because they knew I had to drive. And, um, you know, I finally got it out of them that she passed. And I, I, I mean, you can imagine. You were in shock. I was in shock. I was shaking. The first thing I thought of was like, why didn't I call my dad last night? You felt guilty? Huh? You felt guilty probably. So guilty. I was a maniac. I felt I was yelling at my son to, and I, and I didn't even mean to, it was just like, get in the car. I don't have a mother. I don't have a mother. And he's like, will you calm down? I'm like, no, I won't come down. I don't have a mother. I don't have a mother. And we drove, you know, we drove to my mom's and, you know, we get to say her goodbye. She was still in the chairs. The rescue had already been, the police had been, because in cases like that, you know, they go to check out to make sure it was a natural death and whatnot. And, you know, she was in her lift chair. And what happened was my dad came downstairs in the morning because he would make her breakfast on his way to work or whatever. And she was, you know, forward instead of like leaning back. And he came down the stairs and he was like, Donna, wake up, you know, went to the kitchen to the end. When he came back, she was still in the same position. So like, that's how we found her. Um... <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's so, hard. Um, like I, I, I'm like having these feelings that I didn't, I haven't felt these in so long because I've moved so far past these, but bringing this. They still trigger you when you talk about it. Of course you get triggered back. Mm. Yeah. Um, what happened next, uh, you know, and I won't obviously tell you detail by detail, but um, it's, it's hard. And I'm sure everyone listening knows that when something like that happens, you're, you wake up the next day and you're like, the mail is still coming and the world is still going. And you're like, like, like it shouldn't be, you know, like something, you like your world has stopped. Right. Right. Um, I didn't know for the first time in my life, how to be a mother, how to be me, who I even was without my mother. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know how to live. I didn't know. I mean, I took that whole week out of work, you know, and then it was like, you don't want to start cleaning things out. You don't want to get rid of anything. Um, but it had to be done. It was like something, you know, little by little that I would go to, I was going to my dad's house every day after work and, you know, cleaning things out and, you know, organizing things and little, you know, and um, the first thing that I wanted to do was I had never been, had a reading like a, from a medium or a psychic because, like I said, we went to church and that was like the work of the devil. And I wanted so badly. I had only been days and I'm like, I need to know where she is, what she's doing. Is this real? Is like, is there any? That's amazing, though, that having been brought up the way you were, that you were open to that. And I, what a comfort you brought yourself to do that. I don't, 
in hindsight, again, and I'll, I'll keep saying that because when I see all these years later, my mom was really, even though as religious as she was and involved as, in the church as she was, there was, she definitely was more awake than I get thought. Because when I was cleaning out her stuff, I found journals and I'm like, oh my mother journals. I found a DVD on feng shui. And then I started like just noticing things like the color that she had her room painted before she couldn't go in her bedroom anymore was like this really pretty violet color, which is like your crown chakra. Right. Right. She had a meditation chair in the corner of her room and she had like one of those waterfalls with the rocks. And she had, she had um, a CD in her CD player and it was like monks chanting. Wow. Didn't work. She didn't work. So like, this is what she, you know, and when I, when she was alive, I paid no attention to any of that. And after she died and I started putting all these things together, I started realizing, I think there was a part of her that I never. So you never knew. I never knew this about her. So I, my instinct was I, I needed to get in touch with my mother. I never had a reading before. I wanted to know what was going on. I found a website, Irene, and the man's name is Bob Olson. I know Bob Olson. Oh, I, mean, I don't do. know him personally, but I know of him. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So I didn't know anything. He's got a psychic directory. That's what I did. That's what I did. So I'm like, I want the best. I want no bullshit. I want the real deal. I want to talk to my mother and I don't care how much it costs. And so I went through that website and I, you know, re read all his reviews of every single psychic that he ever did. And it came down for me to a woman in Texas and a nun in England. And I was so naive at the time that I'm thinking to myself, A, how is someone not in front of me going to tell me anything? I thought they had to be right in front of me and like touching me or, read, or touching something. Or I, I was so naive. B, at least the woman in Texas is closer than the woman in England. So I'm like, <laughs> right. Right. They were both really good. So I went with the woman in Texas. And when I tell you, I still have the CD from that first reading. I mean, it was like bang right out of the gate. And I talked to my mom the night before and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I want. And I want no doubt in my mind that it's you, you know, like, no, like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. No, this woman was like, she knew, first of all, I'm seeing a woman matronly. I think it might be your mother. Does it begin with a D? My mother's name was Donna. I'm like, okay, yes. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. But to the point where she knew she's like, you know, she started talking about church. She started singing or like humming a song that my mom was in the choir at church. And she was wow. a song that my mom would sing in the choir at church. She's like, she was very involved. My mom was in the vestry. She was in the choir. So, I mean, there was like, and I could go on and on about all the, the things that she told me. And the thing was like, your mom was stepping up. To really let you know she was there. I have, like, if you could see the goosebumps, you know what I'm talking about, these angel bumps. Yeah. I mean, like, she's here right now. Like, I know she's like, she's like, yeah, tell my story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All these people, this stuff is real. It's real. We do not end at death. We are not these bodies, you know? Um, okay, so I got a good one for you. When my mom died, um, this is, ugh, I can't believe, I forgot, I almost forgot about this. Um, my mom was very obsessed a little bit about her fingernails when she was alive. She always liked to have her nails filed and, and painted. And when she got to the point where like, she couldn't do it herself, I would like, or, or my sisters or whoever would paint her nails at home. 
So the one thing I asked, you know, when she was buried was, can you guys paint her nails? If I go buy a bottle of nail polish, we would paint her nails. And the psychic said to me, you did something for your mom that she was like really happy that, you know, you made her like, like, like look pretty. And she was so happy that you did that. Did you do something with her nails? And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. wow. Like you can't Google that stuff. You know And I'm like? Yes, I had her nails. And she's like, she was so happy you did that. Wow. You know what, what a blessing. Mean? What a validation. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that is where my, so that's my before. So that was your beginning. That was your beginning. That's what, that was the beginning. of That your was my awakening. That, that was your, open, the, 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 so you, you open a door and now you're, you're going to step through the, you, you choose to step through the door. I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, when I tell you from that moment and I started telling, you know, other people, these stories, I honestly, I mean, I can't tell you how it happened other than I was just divinely guided from person to person and place to place. And I believe it started with her guiding me. Um, I had been depressed throughout, you know, my life because I was single for so long because I had my son, because I really, I didn't know maybe like who I was. I didn't know why I was depressed. You know what I mean? I, I just, well, I, I totally identify with it because when, when my husband died, um, and I started, I was started going to a life transition coach and she said, you're going to find out who you are without soul. And I said, I don't know who I am without soul. I don't know yeah. who I want to be. And I, it feels to me like you have, you have, you have been giving your whole life to caregiving for your son and caregiving for your mom and all that. You didn't have a chance to really yeah. find you. Right. See, I, resonate, I resonate with you completely. That's what I was doing. I was taking care of my mom, my dad, my sisters, my son, and I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I went to a psychologist, but he was actually, he was a priest, but he was a psychologist, but he believed in yoga and meditate. He was really, and when I would talk to him, he was like, talking about going outside and burning all these things. Like, you know, there's these rituals we can like burn all this stuff away on paper and I'm like what are you talking about you know like I was so still not understood like I still wasn't there yet and he's like Kim I think that you um you should try this yoga and he had like all these cards try a yoga class try try meditating try and I'm like okay so he's like pick one so I just like picked one you know in the meantime I go to yoga, I'm learning yoga, I'm learning meditation. I didn't know that these were going to be the first coaches, mentors, spiritual coaches of my life, because they opened up my world to things that like, I was just like, you know, what I mean? like, like meeting all these interesting new people. Yes. Who are not who have not who are not typical of the world you've been living in. No. And they were probably people that I looked at before, like, what are these people doing? Why are they making these noises? This is weird. You know, not meaning anything by it at the time. I just didn't, I was just not comprehending it, not understanding. I just didn't understand, you know, um, while I was taking yoga and meditation, meditation became part of my normal everyday. It just happened. And I, what type of meditation were you doing any particular kind or I had to do for me, I needed a guided meditation because I couldn't just close my eyes and listen to music or have nothing. 
because my mind wouldn't shut off. So I needed some someone to guide me to go places in the beginning because I couldn't just do it myself, um, which then led me later on, because I don't know, I don't want to take up an hour, two hours of time, which led me to become a meditation leader. And I do my own meditation wow. practice now and I teach others. Um, but it started with like this, you know, doing meditation, which opened up the woman who I was doing meditation with said to me, we were having a conversation and she's like, you need to go away. You need to go away by yourself. And I'm like, what are you talking? I, I don't even go to a restaurant by myself. I don't, I don't like going anywhere by myself. You want me to take a whole vacation and go someplace I've never been by myself. And she's like, Kim. And she was very intuitive and psychic, but I didn't know it. But all these people, once you start opening those doors, all your intuition and say, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a psychic, but I can't help but know some things. And I, and we all are psychic and, and, you know, the intuition just happens. It just happens, you know, like just even, like I said, this call with you and resonating with you and watching your show and being like, wow, you know, like, yes, these stories that you talk about, these stories that your guests are talking about, I resonate and I need, I need to, I need to be a part of this. I need to be a part of this show. I need to tell my story and I need normal people who maybe are not, you know, authors or, you know, professional speakers and are just living a normal life. Know that there are normal people. There are like other, you you guys are doing it. You're looking, you're doing it. You know what I mean? That are helping that we are out there and we're here to help you and, and we, you know, have community, you know? So she told me to take this trip. I chose a place, Irene, again, I tell you, I don't know why, but I chose a place in Florida because I felt at least it was in the United States and I'd been to Florida before. And you lived in Rhode Island, so it was warm. And it was warm. And I <laughs> always, I must like have like lived in like a tropical or a warm place. That's the only places I'll go. You won't ever catch me going anywhere any more north than Rhode Island. And it's supposed to snow later today. Okay. This oh, wow. I know. I know. So I chose this place called Madeira Beach, Florida, which is just south of Tampa on the West Coast. And I don't, I cannot tell you why I chose this place, but when I tell you this, you're going to flip your lid. When I got to Madeira Beach, what I did was I went on this website called VRBO, which I didn't even know about back then what it was, but I just rented this house. I didn't even stay. Well, I was looking for a hotel, but I was looking, everything was so pricey. I honestly didn't really have a ton of money. Because I was paying for the whole thing myself. The You're taking care of everybody. Right? <laughs> I'm being told this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm doing it. And now I got to come up with the money and I got right. to go. So I go to Madeira Beach and I'm walking down the street. It was a, it was literally the house was across the street from a beach. It was a, a duplex house, but it was so cute and it was affordable. And it was kind of off season. What they're off season. To me, it was like 80 degrees and beautiful. So I, to me, it wasn't off season, but to them it was. So it was expensive. I'm walking down the street and I walk by this bookstore and I see a picture with a flyer in the bookstore and it is the psychic medium that gave me my very first reading in Texas. It is. Oh picture, my goodness. The picture of her with the flyer that she's going to be in that bookstore doing, you know, random readings and signing. She had written a book. She was signing, doing sign. I'm like, I saw her picture and I, and I'm like, no, well, I have goosebumps again. I can't. No accidents, no coincidences. Wow. Why am I here? And and there she is. And I'm going to meet this woman in person. And this woman has been a part of my life. I'm still in contact with this woman. I, um, my father has met her. I've flown him down to Florida. She, ended up, she told me that she got on the plane one day. She went down to Tampa to do 
I did like a um, like a reading, a gallery reading down in Florida. When she got off the plane in Tampa, her angel said to her, welcome home. And she was from Texas. And she's like, what do you mean, welcome home? And she's like, that's why I'm in Florida. And, I, and she has been there for, ye- for years now. Down And um, just recently, honest to God, within the last month or two, just moved back to Texas. So from the time my mom died, you know, maybe five years later, so you know, maybe seven years ago, she moved to, to Florida when I went down there. And only a few months ago, she moved back to Texas this whole time. She's been to Florida and I've been back and forth. And I, what's her name? What's her name, Kim? Her name's Jennifer Farmer. If you want to look her up, she is amazing. She just wrote a book and actually she talks about grief. She her specializes in grief. Um, so definitely she, her website is just jenniferfarmer.com. Um, and she's amazing and she's just a wonderful person. Um, yeah, so she started me. And actually, it was her who, after speaking with me, knowing what I went through, watching me develop, she was another one of these coaches and mentors that I had in my life that came into my life. And she got to a point where I was like doing readings spontaneously with her. And she said to me, um, I think you're ready for Abraham Hicks. Did you ever hear of Abraham Hicks? And I'm like, no. And she said, I think you're ready for the vortex. And I'm like, the vortex? What the heck is the vortex? Like, I don't know if I'm ready for the vortex. And she, <laughs> so I got the CD at the time, the audio CD, so I could listen to it when I was like driving to work and stuff. And I'm like, whoa. Then I got the book and I, you know, learned about the law of attraction. And I'm like, what the heck? I can create my own reality. And, you know, and, and this law of attraction, what did, I need to know more about the law of attraction. Um, Abraham Hicks led me, I don't know how, but somehow I went from like Abraham Hicks to, to the late great Dr. Wayne Dyer. And, um, it just went on and on, um, Seth, um, you know, Mm -hmm. right. Um, I mean, my world went from like yoga meditation. One of the women in my yoga class was a Reiki master teacher. I got my Reiki practitioner. She's like, you know, Kim, you have like people would come near me and just feel my energy. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even know. But when I, and I'm, and then now you were stepping into really who you were, who you are. Exactly. You were stepping into who you are. You really hadn't identified it yet, but you kept being led to be shown that this is your path. This is my path. So while all this is going on with me, my son's growing into this man he moved to Philadelphia while I'm doing it. Now he's, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say, I mean, and God knows he is proud of me. Um, and you know, we are extremely close. We are, it's like, yes, we're mother and son. And, you know, I help him as a mother and son, but we are like very good friends, you know, and we're, so we're like 15 and 16 right. apart, you know what I mean? And there was that awkward time, trust me, where like I would have, we'd be out and it would be a little awkward the age difference you know what I mean um (laughs) but he moved to Philadelphia he pursued so I mean when I say he was meant to be born when I was telling you that earlier I couldn't have been the more perfect mother for him because I didn't know it then but I would be so open to not forcing him to get a job in an office behind a desk or going to college and getting a you know this certain degree I kind of let him be more of a free spirit. And he's not a free spirit in that he doesn't do anything. He became someone who became involved in the, you know, clean water. His first job was with clean water action and he was a canvasser and that was his job. And he went around house to house collecting money to clean water. 
And then he became involved in, you know, our environment and climate change. And I didn't even know that was going on. So wow. In the world, you know, but he's, you know, fighting for the people, fighting for the environment, trying to keep the world, you know, the world a better place for everybody. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I also was lucky enough, to, like I said, I, I had been working. So I had been lucky enough to have the money to working enough, but also a single mom so that he was able to also receive scholarships and whatnot for certain things that he might not otherwise have been able to do. He went to a camp called LPC. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's an international camp. Um, I can't even pronounce it. Um, but what it is, is there's like six camps throughout the world and they only take so many kids from different countries and they bring them to uh, like one camp in, in whatever country, whatever time, whatever season that is. They bring them all together so that they get to know each other's customs, languages, um, you know, how um, so that there's no, you know, what's going on now, you know, so so that there's no that's so cool bigotry or yeah, you know, that's beautiful. And so he has friends in all these different countries and he was able to do that because I worked, but because also, you know, he was eligible for scholarships and he just has like friends all over the world. So he, you know, works for the Sierra Club. He he did work. Uh, volunteer work for the National Wildlife Federation and actually won an award um, oh. as a youth leader. And I, you know, went to Baltimore and there was this big thing. I mean, presidents have won this award and he has this big eagle from, you know, the National Wildlife Federation. And um, he was, uh, he's now, he's back in Rhode Island now, and he is the senior project manager at the Rhode Island Green New Deal Research Council. So, you know, he's all about, you know, going green. And he's doing such good for the, for the country, for the world. For the country, for the world. Um, and me, you know, I, because I worked so, so much and, and didn't, again, was trying, you know what I was doing? I was living in, I had a foot in two different worlds, Irene. I, I had to make money and I knew I needed benefits and I was still living in this 3D world, but now I had been open to Abraham Hicks and Wayne Dyer. So much more, that there's so much more. I see. And right. the, you know, the, the matrix is, you know, like this, right. is, you know what I mean? So it, it was very hard for me and I got really sick and I was doing sales and it got to the point where my doctor told I was down to I'm five eight. I was down to 115 pounds about. Wow, wow, wow. And I didn't really notice it myself. I knew I had to buy smaller clothes, but when I went to my doc, I'll never forget the day I went to the doctor's office and it was it was it was a shocking moment for me. I was in the waiting room and I heard a woman say to her husband next to me, Look how skinny that girl is. And it was like a disgusting, like, not like, wow, look how skinny. It was like, look how skinny that girl is. And I was like. But she felt like maybe you were anorexic or something. Yes. And when I went into my doctor that day, she said, Kim, this job is going to kill you. This job is going to kill you. You need to, you know, you need to take time off. You need to go out on like medical leave or whatever you need to do. And I, um, I, I did. I, I left my job. I took this time off. And while I was doing that time off, I started because what happened, Irene, was while I was doing yoga, I started actually so many things. That's my I started actually teaching yoga. So I was doing my meditations and I was teaching yoga and my yoga classes became more of 
the students in my classes, I was doing this to see this because like I said, I had these both feet and I was trying to do it all. And I, and I was trying to make the money and I wasn't making the money doing the yoga and the meditation, but it was where my heart and my soul was at, you know? And I just wanted to teach everybody all these things that like, I just found out, like, you guys need to know this. Like you can create your own world. You need, don't need to do this. And you have angels and archangels and you have energy and I can help you and you can get, you know, it was just like so excited. Um, my yoga classes turned into a Q&A. Like we weren't even really doing yoga anymore. The students were like asking me questions about crystals and asking me questions about ascended masters and 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 oracle and tarot cards. And they, I realized what I had been doing these past few years was all leading up to showing people and teaching people the 10 years that I had been through what I had learned so that they didn't have to go through 10 years of what I had just gone through. And I could kind of give them a shortcut, kind of make it easier, make it, you know, less money, you know, and, and just, but I couldn't do it for free either, but that's, this is where it all went. This is, this is where it was headed. I ended up quitting my full-time job. In a way you were stepping into a role of being a healer. That's exactly what happened. You were becoming a healer. You were learning all these modalities. You were learning all of this, and you had a you have a natural charisma. And obviously, people were turning to you. There was something they were sensing that was coming from your vibration. I mean, my classes were full. People were walking because it was a it was a um, it was a studio that had like multiple classes going on. And so here's my class at seven o'clock or whatever, and people would like see tons of people lining up and putting their mask down and people pop in and they're going to another class and they're like, wow, that this class, this is a popular class, but it was like, it was like, I was coaching. I wasn't even really, you know what I mean? I shut the door and I had incense burning and I'm like, it, it was, it was, it, it was feeding you too. I'm sure. It was oh, yeah. healing and feeding you also. That is why I ended up where I am now. Someone, uh, so much. I, like I said, I quit my job. I needed to get healthy. Um, I needed to put weight back on um, and I needed to get healthy for myself while I was still doing, I didn't want to give this up, but I needed to get myself healthy. And I think I, in my story to you, I told you how I, you know, met someone um, accidentally, it was a, 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 an appointment having sort of accidentally, accidentally, right? Yeah, right. It wasn't synchronicity at all. Um, and I, I ended up meeting her at like a protein shake shop, which I didn't even know what that was. I never had protein shakes. I never was like a raw juice or I was like, I wasn't really actually the best eater in the world. And because of my job, literally I'd be on the go and I'd be like drinking coffee and wake up wraps, you know, from Dunkin' Donuts egg wraps or whatever. I didn't, I, I was not healthy. Um, so I met her at this protein shake shop and I had a protein shake and it tasted like, um, like a coffee, like a, like a, like a ice cream, like a, I don't know what it is in New Jersey. Here we call them like, like awful. No, we have Newport cream in their awful waffles or their cabinets or milk. It's a milkshake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thicker milkshake. You know what I mean? They had all these different flavors and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Which turned into, this is, um, a, it's sort of like, it, it's a multi-level marketing business is what it was. And I needed some money while I was pursuing my, you know, unbeknownst to me, my healing career. Um, and so I started doing this multi-level 
I, 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 I ended up meeting with the owner of this shop and, and I'm like, this is, this is really good. And then she explained, I learned, I went to all these, you know, different events that they had and I learned what was in the ingredients and they worked for me and I became healthy and it might not be for everybody, but it worked for me. And I, I had friends that it worked for, and I, I became a health coach in addition to what was the name of this product? It's, it's, it's an Herbalife product. It's, I don't know if you've heard or it's Herbalife. Um, I, I've, didn't pursue it to the point where a lot of these people just go up and they have like people under them. And I, I didn't go that far. I just offer it to people if they ask me, or if they ask me at my age, how do I stay in shape or why do I look like this? Or I don't, you know, I'm having trouble going to the bathroom or I'm having trouble sleeping. And I'm like, you should try this. You should try that. You should, what's your macro. And I just know these things. I just kept learning, 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 you know what I mean? So now I have like this kind of health coaching thing under me as well. And it turned into like, I, I know so much stuff about so many things. How do I like, how do I tell people, how do I get it out there? And through working at this, you know, the, the shake shop at the, what would I call it? The kids are calling it the shake shop. It's, it was the, the nutrition club, um, that a web designer who she's like, you need a website and you need, and, you, and, 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 and lo and behold, I actually just got done redoing my website where I put on one place, you know, I, I, my healing, my Reiki, my health coaching, um, a place for, because I have a lot of YouTube videos with, you know, free meditation. What's the name of your website, Kim? It's Kimberly Corner. But it's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-L-E-E-Y. K-I-M, spell it for everyone. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-E. And corner is K-O-R-N-E-R.com, Kimberlycorner.com. And it, and I kind of named it that because I thought of it as I wanted it to be a cozy place, like a corner cafe where people would go and, you know, talk and, and feel comfortable and have that, you know, sacred container where they could, you know, have a drink or have a coffee and, and talk, which is what I was doing the whole time. And I didn't know you know, but people, you know how it happens, you know, it's, it's synchronicity, it's serendipity. And when you, when you open those doors, they just, it sounds like you created a beautiful space where people could feel safe and they could come and they could learn and grow. I did. I was totally guided here and that's where I am. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, I can help as many people. And I thank you for your show to even get someone like me out there because of course I'm on social media but it's hard I mean there's a lot of you know big influencers it's hard for you know someone who's not a big influencer and hasn't had a a lot of time or money or practice out there to to get this message out to how long have you actually had Kimberly's Corner Kim so it's been three years and starting out anyway it is I did not put as much, I don't think value in time. And, and I evolved over these three years. I started it as one way in the last three years, I've evolved so much that I just completely redid my website. So it's a brand new website. And actually, um, I hope everyone listening will check it out. I do too. I, I hope that I really do. Thing out. there's a lot of free content. Um, and you know, my email is there for anyone that wants to get in touch with me. And, and they they cannot, everyone cannot help but respect your journey. Well, I mean, look what you've done and you've rebirthed yourself and in a beautiful way. 
I thank you. I mean, I thank you for even having um, a platform like this for someone like me. Oh my God. It's, are you kidding? You're, you're wonderful. Do you have an offer? Would you like to go onto your website and to take advantage of an offer and yeah. support them? They support you. What, what would you like? And, and it's Kimberly K I M B E R L E E K O R N E R everyone. And you, you have a, you have a, an offer for them. I do. I do. If you just go to the website and stick in your name and email address, I will send you out my technique. I have a free, um, clear your energy, which we didn't even get into all this because that's like another whole episode, but clearing your energy. Can you tell us about clear your energy in about five minutes? Yeah. So having clear energy, I mean, and I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of people that are listening to your site are here to, you know, know a lot about this already, know about energy, know about, um, the universe, know about healing. And, um, if you don't have a clean energy or a, a clean energy field, you're picking up people's energy all the time. And people who don't know this might think it's their own energy. You're carrying around other people's energy. You need to clear your energy every day so that you're in your own energy and everybody else is in their own energy because you don't want to be, sometimes you could wake up in a horrible mood and you're like, why am I in such a bad mood? Like nothing even happened. Like, why am I feeling like this? You picked up someone else's stuff. It's because it, Or somebody sent you their energy and it could even be energy, you know, from that you don't know about. So energy from like another time, you know what I mean? From another universe, who knows? You know what I mean? So every day before I go to work, I do these five steps and I have a beautiful PDF for you for feel like I said, just put in your name and email address, the, the, the five and it's quick, quick and only, and literally clears your energy of anyone else's energy, brings back all your energy. So you are in your energy. So you're in your power, you're in your energy. You have, you know, you have more energy to give, you're more awake, you're more alive and you're, and you're open to the receiving all the things that the universe has to give to you. It sounds to me like if you, if you go into a very dysfunctional um, environment or you say you go to a family gathering and there's people there or somebody triggers you, that would be a very good thing to do that you just, Grab that, you come home and go, ha, huh, and you right? clear Even just going up. into like the mall, Walmart. I mean, right. COVID and everybody, you know, sometimes you come home from the store and you just feel like, ugh, you know, and it's just you're picking up everybody else's, especially when you're standing next to someone. I mean, their energy is like not intentionally, but especially for empaths, you know, which is another whole subject, but yes. I'm an empath, you know, right. Clear it just every day. Take a minute, literally take a minute to do this for yourself and you'll notice the difference. You're going to feel like an entirely different person. So you're offering that they can get on your website and they can access this clear your energy. Shooting in your email and I'm going to email. It comes right to you like in a minute. You'll get it. Hey, everyone. Come on. Let's support Kimberly. I think that would be absolutely fabulous. Really. And she's so beautiful and she's not. That's done such a great I, job rebirthing herself. Look at her. I, I'm so proud of you, Kim. I'm so I am proud of you. I'm so grateful to you. And, I'm, and I thank you again, Irene. And I thank your viewers for listening. And I, I hope that I do get in touch and hear from some of you. And- oh, and then once you once you really get going, we'll have you back. I mean, absolutely. I'd love to talk to you. This again. is just wonderful. Wonderful, it's wonderful, 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 wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. So everyone, this is such a a gift for me and to all of you to meet Kim and to understand that no matter what happens in life, you can heal. You can 
go on. You can rebirth yourself. And sometimes the new iteration of who you are, even though you can't even understand it while you're going through the hard times, is better than before, yes. which has also happened to me. And that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this. So uh, with great love, I'm reminding everyone that you can see, you will see the show notes for Kim's um, rebirthing episode here and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And please make sure to follow us and like us on social at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and your beautiful face is going on to YouTube, Kim. And if you'd like to be a part of this rebirth series, everyone, I would be so thrilled to have you on. Please send me an email to hello at IreneWeinberg.com. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings, and bye for now.